Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Malavika Vivek. She's the executive director and co-founder at Girls Make Apps. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Kevin. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I, I think... Actually, I'm really excited to have you as well. I, I think not only are you doing something that I think is, is super important, but you're doing it at, at kind of such a young age. But maybe before we kind of get into that stuff, let's get to know you a little bit better and, and start off with kind of where you grew up or where where you're continually to grow up. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. So I was born and have been raised in Edison, New Jersey. Okay. Um, I'm 17 years old, wow. and I go to the Middlesex County Academy. Okay. Uh, so that makes me a high school senior. And so the school that I go to is a very STEM-focused high school. So all of us uh, have a career major from ninth through 12th grade. So I do electrical and computer engineering at uh, my high school, which is really great because you get this really early exposure to a college-level course. And um, so this has been great because I always knew that I had an interest in technology. So that's sort of why I decided to go to this high school. And it's really, you know, been amazing because I've had so many great experiences, you know, focusing on a very specific uh, high level field at a very young age. Sure. So was there kind of like a defining moment or, or a few moments that you remember where you kind of got interested in this stuff? Yeah. Um, so when I was in middle school, uh, that's when I started taking an interest in tech. Before that, I loved math and science, and I loved learning about why things happen and how they happen. Uh, but the sort of interest with specifically technology came to me in middle school. Uh, I was given the opportunity to attend a summer camp hosted by Johns Hopkins uh, Center for Talented Youth. Okay. And so um, over the summer, I took a Java programming class. And I was one of the only girls in the class, and I was the youngest person in that class. And, you know, even though that all that was there, I wasn't, like, intimidated because I just really loved the content of that class. And that was my sort of introduction, crash course into programming. And from then on, I was kind of hooked. I just wanted to do more with computer science and, you know, learn more. Okay. No, that's that's really cool. So walk me through okay so you take this class and and you you learn to program what did you end up doing after did you end up just keep kind of building your own little apps so uh after after that class i just wanted to learn different languages see like the different facets that computer science has to offer and so after i started learning java i also learned uh more about design and designing web pages by learning html and css yeah. And sort of uh, went through that path, you know, building websites and, you know, adding functionality to them, seeing the different ways they could be used. And this was really great for me just because, you know, as I was learning and, you know, having this passion for 
coding, I also had passions for, you know, social activities like, you know, envi- you know, protecting the environment and, you know, closing the gender gap, things like that was, they were really interesting to me. So with that, I could build websites that actually showcase this kind of information and share what I really loved with the world. Um, so that was, that was amazing. And so that was pretty much my middle school experience. Um, after I got into high school, I started learning about biology and, you know, biology was never something I really considered that I would even go near in terms of a career. I was pretty set on software engineering. Uh, but after I learned about biology, I was kind of sucked in by the whole systematic um, aspect of it. You know, I just loved how every system has so many, you know, subsystems and it went on, you know, for an infinite amount of times. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to see how I could tie biology and computer science together. And that sort of set me on this other research trajectory that kind of began in high school and still ongoing. And, uh, you know, in high school, I was able to do internships at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And uh, currently, my summer internship last summer was at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, where I did uh, bioinformatics research, which is like data analytics with cervical cancer. So, you know, just really bridging computer science and biology has been a huge, like, underlying focus of my life in the last three years. Wow. That's actually really cool because like it's interesting that you say that because i've had like there's people on the show or well not just on the show that like that are have been spending their whole careers and they're just starting to kind of mash you know kind of technology or bring technology into some of these fields that you you've been doing kind of in your teenage years that's that's actually really impressive yeah, and you know, it's just I, you know, it's been like being at the right place at the right time. You know, as you said, a lot of these professionals that have been very focused on, you know, one field like biology, just biology, just computer science. Uh, there's like this new trend that's coming about, and there's new um, new technology available that really allows us to bring these fields together. And you know, growing up at this time, and you know, having computer science experience that I've been able to get since middle school has put me in a pretty good position to take advantage of you know this new field that's coming about. And just be, uh, it's just a very exciting time for the field just because there's so much new technology being created that's really pushing the medicine forward at a much faster rate than I think a lot of people have expected. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. So I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into kind of the stuff that you guys are learning in high school because like it, it sounds kind of, well, I related to you a lot in the sense that like I chose the high school I ended up going to for at least grade 11 and 12 um, based on their computer program. I didn't like the one that I was in when I was in, in grade 10. And and the thing that, you know, this is going to date me, but like back in the day we were doing like kind of flash stuff and Photoshop and, you know, like I was learning kind of all these web technologies, you know, this was in, uh, you know, the early two thousands or uh, so, Right. And so for me, I when yeah. I heard about you and that you're kind of taking something that's obviously like a modern version of that in, in a high school. But for people that maybe don't understand what STEM is and, and kind of the stuff that you guys are really learning in high school, do you maybe want to kind of talk about what that is and kind of the stuff you guys are learning? Yeah, sure. So so my high school, as I said, uh, is STEM focused and STEM stands for Science, Technology, Engineering and Math. And uh, in my school's curriculum, what we have is built-in engineering classes. So in normal high schools, there are electives like choir and art, and our school replaces that with engineering. So you can either take electrical engineering 
or civil mechanical engineering. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm in the uh, electrical computer engineering program. And, you know, I chose that program just because I had an interest mainly in computer programming and wanted to really stick with the computer science aspect of it. Uh, so my school does a lot in the curriculum of this program. Um, so we do uh, a lot of hardware design, and this includes things like, you know, DC, AC, uh, circuit design, things like that, uh, very electrical uh -huh. engineering heavy. And we also have, uh, you know, programming aspects of it where we program with C++, uh, like a normal uh -huh. computer science class, and we learn, like, algorithm development, things like that. So all of our quizzes and assessments are really, you know, based on how well we can implement the algorithms in a very real-world setting. Sure. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, that's that's actually really cool because, I, like, I, I think, and I, like this is my personal opinion, that I think kind of, Programming should just kind of be taught to kind of everybody, not whether you actually become a programmer or not doesn't really matter. I think understanding kind of logic and, and how kind of some of the computers and devices that we use every day kind of actually function will, in my opinion, at least benefit people that maybe don't go into it, but at least they can have some sort of appreciation for the stuff they use on kind of a daily basis. And if they can learn some hardware and software integration, like it sounds like you're doing, I think that's even better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of the students that go to our school actually do decide not to become engineers at the end, uh, and they choose different career paths, you know, whether it's um, medical or they want to become lawyers or politicians. Sure. And a lot of them still come back and say how much, you know, the school's uh, foundation that, the, that it provides, uh, you know, in terms of the leadership and work ethic and also the curriculum really helps them because it just gives them this, you know, added edge uh, in whatever they choose to do. Oh yeah, I hundred percent agree. That's that's actually quite fascinating. So, I'm I'm curious. Then, have you decided what you kind of want do or what you want to do once you graduate high school? Are are you going to go off to university? Are you going to start a startup? Have you decided kind of what you're going to do yet? Uh, so yeah, actually, you know, it is very unconventional in my high school not to go to university after, but I actually do, I, I've been very heavily considering not going to university, okay. uh, just mainly because of the fact that throughout high school, I've been, I've had so many opportunities to gain a lot of work experience and, you know, real world experience. And I think that, you know, just working directly after high school in a, you know, software engineering type job, uh, just would be more beneficial to me. And my end goal is really to start a startup. Um, I'm probably, I'm not intending to do it right after high school, uh, because I definitely want to get that experience working in a company first. But, um, you know, I've had exposure to a lot of tech companies just mainly because my father has actually started a tech company when I was like nine years old. Oh, wow. So I've actually, I pretty much like lived in a tech company growing up because, you know, he would take so many conference calls and, you know, run the business so much, uh, just from our own home, because, you know, when you're, when you're, ha when you have your own companies, it's like almost a 24 seven job. Yep. And so, so, you know, just getting exposure to all of it, just growing up, you know, really made me want to do it too. And just, I made me appreciate the challenge of it so much. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's actually my plan is to not go to college at this point, because I really want to, uh, I want to work. I want to get that experience and I want to start a company. No, I, I think that's great. And just having your, your dad as a mentor and, and uh, reigning it, uh, ladies, I, like I've had them on the show and that's how we kind of met and I want to cover that later. But just having like yeah. even somebody like in your immediate family kind of that's been through it, I, I think is is very, very useful. But 
I, I yeah, really, absolutely. I, I really want to talk about you're the executive director and co-founder at Girls Make Apps. So how did Girls Make Apps come to be and why did you decide to start this up? Okay, so yeah, Girls Make Apps started um, in, I think, at the end of 10th grade in high school. Okay. And it sort of began... Um, you know, because my co-founder and I, and my co-founder, her name is Akshaya. She's, uh, she's from North Brunswick, uh, New Jersey, and we're both high schoolers. We're both the same age. And we met actually on the National Center for Women and in Information Technology Facebook group because we've both been awardees of the organization. And we met on the Facebook group and we realized, uh, you know, how much we had in common. And we decided that both of us, you know, had this huge passion to close the gender gap in tech. And uh, with the help of NCWIT, which is just the abbreviation of the group, uh, you know, we decided to start this. And it started out as an eight-week program, actually, uh, just a workshop for middle school girls uh, to help them build Android apps. Okay. And the program was just, you know, it was really successful. And these middle school girls that came in with no experience in uh, technology left the program publishing Android apps on the App Store. Sure. And, you know, it was it was amazing because, you know, they're at such a young age and at the end to see them so confident and see them, you know, so passionate about pursuing, you know, a career in tech. It was amazing for us to see. And we just realized at that point that we couldn't stop there. We had to, you know, grow and, you know, spread this to more middle school girls and high school girls around the country. So we uh, so then we launched it as an official organization and we were both juniors in high school at this time. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is really thanks to NCWIT because, you know, without their support, uh, we really wouldn't have been able to accomplish that much. Uh, but we uh, got in touch with a bunch of tech companies, you know, from Microsoft, uh, which helped us uh, launch our eight-week workshop, to Oculus, uh, which helped us with our virtual reality workshop in the Bay Area. Uh, you know, and we were able to create this network of, you know, high school and middle school girls that were coming to our workshops and our camps and, you know, coming in with no tech experience or very limited tech experience and leaving with a uh, real feeling that they had a place in tech. And this was something that even if they chose not to go into a full-fledged career in it, this was something that they could have an interest in. So that's sort of how all of this started. And it's just grown from there. You know, last uh, last summer in late June, we actually had our first hackathon and we're planning on doing it again this year. It's going to become like an annual event. It was an all-women hackathon and it was one of the biggest all-women hackathons on the East Coast uh, with over 150 high school and college women in attendance. Wow. And they built tech products over a 24-hour period and competed for prizes, which was really, really awesome to see. No, that's that's really cool, actually. Like, I, I think... The thing is, and, and I think it age or, or kind of gender doesn't really matter when it comes to like, I, I think there's nothing more rewarding when you basically start, you load Android Studio or some other program up and it's literally like there's nothing there. It's just like a white canvas, right? And then yeah. you, you create something over a few hours or days or, or whatever or weeks and then you actually like get it either on your phone or into the Google Play Store or the App Store or something, and then you can actually like play it on your phone. Like, I think that's one of the most rewarding kind of feelings, especially for somebody that is new to the industry to basically say like, look what I built in a couple of days and like you can tell your friends and family to go like download it on their phone, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's exactly the kind of uh, experience that a lot of our middle school girls had in that first workshop, you know, making these Android apps and, you know, exactly, you know, telling it, telling uh, their friends and family to go download it and their friends and family actually seeing it work and being like, wow, like I have no idea how you did this and I have no idea how to do this, but you must be really, really smart if you did something like this. And, uh, you know, that's the kind of experience we want to provide for girls because when they see how they can create things and how it's not hard and, you know, we can help them and there's going to be all of this mentorship and support and there's this real community out there for them you know it gives them a really positive first experience with tech and that's the sort of thing that we want to provide sure and and i think the other thing too and you kind of touched on this but i, th I think we should kind of reiterate it is like there's big companies you know that are willing to kind of back organizations like yourself like you mentioned oculus and microsoft and um, I, I noticed you had an event at Spotify. Like these are all companies yeah. that pretty much, if you've been online, you've heard of, right? Like a lot of people have used yeah, Microsoft yeah. products or they use Spotify on a daily basis or, you know, like they, so I, I think the other thing too is like a lot of these big companies are looking to get more diversity in, in kind of tech. And I, I know it's kind of a trendy topic and I don't I I think it's great that like somebody like yourself is actually doing this. I also think that the fact that you're doing this at such a young age and you're already a you know, nationwide uh nonprofit organization. That's that's like a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah, thank you so much. And you know, we didn't exactly start this out and, you know, plan to go nationwide. It sort of took off on its own just because we saw how many girls were responding to this and how many girls we could really impact. And, you know, as, uh, as you know, Girls Make Apps has grown, we just continue to, you know, you know, try to really broaden our outreach and, you know, broaden our impact. Uh, and we're still trying to scale and get bigger uh, in the coming years. You know, our annual Hackathon Bite Hacks is happening again this year. And so right now we're in the planning process for just to figure out uh, exactly where we're going to host it and stuff like that. But yeah, big companies are really willing to sponsor us and, you know, back us, as you said, because they see how much of a benefit this is going to be for them as well. You know, by supporting uh, young women in tech, uh, they're really supporting the next, you know, movers and shakers of the world. So we're really, you know, hoping that more companies see Girls Make Apps as, you know, the initiative it really is uh, and help bring about, you know, a new generation of women in tech. Sure. So if people want to maybe reach out to you guys and get involved in some way, maybe they want to sponsor or offer up their space, where can they find out more information and actually reach out to you? So we do have a website. It's girlsmakeapps.org. And our website links to our Facebook page, which uh, we respond to immediately, any messages on our Facebook page. Uh, so that's a great way to reach out to us. Uh, and we have an email to it's girlsmakeapps at gmail.com. And uh, so they could reach out through us uh, to us uh, through any of those channels and we will respond. Sure. Uh, and we also have Instagram and Twitter. So uh, we've seen people tweet at us every now and then and uh, we'll respond to that as well. So yeah, any of these, any of these ways we're very reachable. No, I, I think that's really great. So you, you've covered, you guys do um, obviously like hackathons and Android apps do you guys teach anything else? Like, do you teach any like HTML or CSS or content management system stuff? Or are you just kind of focus on the hackathon Android stuff right now? 
Yeah, actually, we do teach HTML and CSS. So recently, we actually, uh, just a couple weeks ago it ended, we had our first web development camp for middle school girls, and it was actually in Conshohocken, in Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, the reason that this was so special for us um, was because we really mainly focused on bigger city areas like, you know, New York City and the Bay Area, where tech is already, you know, like part, partly integrated into a lot of school curriculums and, you know, just the girls in those areas have more exposure to tech through girls who code clubs and things like that. Um, but, you know, in areas like Conshohocken in Pennsylvania, it's much more suburban, rural area, and uh, the girls in these areas don't have as much exposure to tech, and they don't really see it as, uh, as much of a viable option for them. So getting into this area was something that we were a little apprehensive about at first just because we weren't sure how much of a response we would get. Uh, but by partnering with one of uh, a really great company in the area called Workshop Mercantile, uh, you know, we were able to get into a lot of the schools and talk about girls make apps and just talk about what we do. And we received a lot of support from, you know, teachers in these schools, the math and science teachers and guidance counselors and principals. And we had about uh, like 35 girls enrolled in our web development workshop. And wow. that was, uh, it was a short workshop. It was only three weeks. And by the end of this workshop, you know, all the girls said that they did have an interest in computer science. You know, we always make them take a pre-survey and post-survey uh, just to make sure, you know, what we can do better and things like that. And it was just amazing to see because they built websites in this period of time and they pitched them uh, like a actual uh, business session. And it was just really great because these middle school girls just gained so much confidence by creating uh, something themselves. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree. And I, I think and her name always escapes me and maybe you remember, but like, I think the thing that people forget is like the actual first programmer was female, right? And I always found that not like, I've always found that kind of fascinating <laughs> yeah. how like, it like started with a female, but now it's such a male dominated industry, right? And I and like, organizations. Are you talking like, about Ada Lovelace? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right? And but I think like organizations yeah, like you, you know, guys yeah, I completely agree. Are, are trying to change change that back, right? Or at least even yeah, out I mean, a bit we're more. trying to, you know, educate. Exactly. I mean, just part of our programs, it's more, more than just, you know, beyond the technology, beyond the technical aspects of it. We're trying to show these girls that, you know, whatever they see portrayed by the media as like the image of a computer programmer, which is just a guy coding in his basement, you know, that sort of isolationist guy image. You know, we're telling them that that's not what tech looks like, that there are many faces to tech. There are many applications for tech and there's so much they could be doing, um, you know, and they can do anything they set their mind to. We just really want to show them how inclusive tech can be. Sure. Well, and I, I think the other thing too, and there's, I was reading some articles on this over the last like few years is I think like for, let's just for argument's sake, like let's half the population is basically female. I know it's not exactly half, but like just for argument's sake, right? Yeah. That I, mm -hmm. I think the thing that people sometimes forget, at, at least like kind of girls or females that I've talked to is how they can bring tech into kind of like girl industries that are for other girls or, or women right i think that's a really big market that has not been tapped like i'm not a person to build an app that would do something in like the makeup space for example because i know nothing about that like but somebody that would be big into that which not saying you know guys wear makeup sometimes but like i, I think like <laughs> you'd have somebody that you know, was really passionate and is probably a female, which should probably build apps in that space compared to a guys, right? And, or they're going to yeah, need I mean, guidance definitely... from females, right? Yeah. 
Absolutely. And there's so many like niche markets that, you know, there are that are like female dominated. Um, a lot of them, you know, being makeup and fashion, like currently in our world, um, more, you know, there are more women uh, in, in those spaces that actually, you know, there's so many ideas that they, they have that would be applicable uh, with technology and, you know, showing them how diverse tech is and how many ways you can use it as a tool to better whatever industry you're part of is something that we really, that we really aspire to. Sure. And, and I think by teaching people how simple it can be to get a simple app out there, right? And they don't need to spend yeah. thousands of dollars or even you don't even really need to spend hundreds of dollars. Like if I remember correctly and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's like you pay $25 one time to submit to the Android store. Like, and then all the tools are basically yeah, yeah. It's free. A, it's a pretty small fee. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And a lot of tools are like open source and, you know, most of the software and everything we use in our programs is free as well. So we try to show them just, you know, how easy it is to pick up, pick up, you know, something and just code and how many resources that are completely free uh, that are available on the Internet that they can use to help them create whatever it is they want to create. Yeah, exactly. And like they can get maybe the first version out pretty simple, but over the coming months, you can add you know, more complexities and maybe reach out to somebody online or, you know, there's lots of tutorials out online about things and, you know, maybe they take another one of your camps. Like there's a bunch of ways to do this stuff kind of on the cheap that I, I think if you just kind of leverage the internet and, and the free tools out there and like I, I work at a startup now, like we leverage free tools every day, all day, right? Like yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I think the thing that's really nice that I think some people don't think about or, or really know is like the Android Studio is the exact same version and it's free for everyone, whether you're it's the first time you've opened it or you you've built like a thousand apps. Right. And everywhere in between, it's yeah. the exact same tool set. Right. That. Yeah, that's exactly true. And it's all available to you. Uh, yeah, for free. And. It's just amazing, you know, as you said, there's a lot of girls, especially that, you know, haven't had the same exposure that, you know, like people like me and my co-founder um, have had, um, and they don't know how, how many tools are available. So when we tell them, we're like, oh, this is completely free. You have all of this at your disposal. They're like amazed and they just, you know, their eyes light up because they see like all the possibilities in front of them. That's really what we try to, you know, show them and try to say to them too. Yeah. And and like, I, I know we keep talking about Android because that's kind of what you focus on. And like Google does a really good job at supporting kind of students, even if they want to go to their developer conference. I know it's like way cheaper. <clears throat> um, and, you know, I, and there's tons and tons of like free online tutorials on YouTube or, you know, just even just Googling around, you can find tons of this stuff, right? So if, if they can't yeah. make it to kind of one of your events, right? I think, or once they've been to an event and they're like, I really want to learn how to, I don't know, do this certain thing. Like pretty much at this point, Android's been around for almost a decade or, or about a decade now. Um, yeah. Pretty much everything you want to do has been done and the code's probably free online. Yeah, that's, that's very true. You know, just telling them about all the resources that are available, you know, even with our web development camp recently, showing the girls just how many, uh, you know, just like W3 schools and different, mm -hmm. all these different websites that are available uh, that they can just use to, you know, build whatever they want. 
um, just showing them how much is out there is really one of the main points of our camp. Because, you know, we most of our camps are a few weeks at most, you know, uh, and the way we found to be able to, you know, scale that impact uh, and really make it bigger uh, and keep these girls coding once they build something in our campus, to show them how many resources are available and also to make ourselves available. You know, they, even after the camp, we get emails from these girls sometimes just asking uh, for tech help or just advice about, uh, you know, what like sort of electives they should choose if they want to major in computer science in the future, things like that, you know, and we're always available to help. And we've told them that we're going to be mentors for them as long as they need us to be. No, I, I think that's actually really good advice because I think, that's the other thing is some people, and I would have put myself in this boat when I was in kind of junior high and high school is I didn't realize you could actually make a living doing this, right? Like it, it sounds kind yeah. of weird now maybe because, you know, everybody kind of has a smartphone, but you can actually make a real good living making apps or, or websites or both or, or building software, right? Like there's yeah. tons. Of, I would put my. That's what I do for a living. Is I work at a startup, right? And that's my day job. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's awesome just how many different ways they can use programming in their lives, and you know, really make it a career that's both fun to them and also really just useful to so many people. Yeah, and even like, there's nothing wrong with having it as a hobby as well. I, I think some of exactly. the funnest projects that I've ever worked on were just like me and a buddy building something that solved a little problem yeah, that we fun. had, right? Or the hackathon exactly. thing you mentioned. Um, but I am curious, when you say kind of your programs are, are weeks long, is that a few hours, a few times a week? Or just so people are clear, how much of a time commitment is, you know, like a two or three work week actual course that you guys put on? Yeah, so a lot of our programs run during the school year, like our web development campus during the school year. So we met uh, for three Saturdays uh, continuously for about four hours each Saturday. So it was like a 12-hour uh, time commitment altogether. Yeah, okay. That's that's what I wanted to make sure people understood. Because when you say two or three weeks, they're like, well, I can't take two or three weeks off school. It's like, no, no, no. It's just like three Saturdays for four yeah, hours, no. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was a Saturday program. So... I'm curious then, where do you kind of want to take this or, or do you kind of just want to see where it goes? Yeah, I mean, right now, uh, we, you know, as I said, we didn't really go into it with any expectations. Um, it's now that we're seeing it grow that we're even starting to consider uh, exactly where we want this to go. Um, I think definitely expanding more um, from a national perspective and getting more into these areas that I'm talking about. Contra Hawkins was our first experience getting into a non-big city area and getting more into these rural areas where tech isn't emphasized as much. And just because we feel like that's some, somewhere where it, our programs could really be used because larger organizations uh, like Girls Who Code, who are often compared to, um, you know, they they are a lot more involved in bigger city areas. So um, even when we were doing our workshops in New York City, uh, a bunch of our participants were also going to participate in middle school girls who code clubs where they would get this exposure and be able to continue in tech and, you know, have all these options available to them. And, you know, in Conshohocken, obviously we didn't see this as much because uh, the girls were like, oh, yeah, no, my school doesn't offer any computer programming classes or any computer science classes or anything. And so this is sort of their only way to get that, you know, entrance into tech. No, yeah, okay, that's interesting. So 
for for maybe parents listening that are thinking of of getting maybe their or their son or daughter's kind of interested in this stuff is there any kind of hardware that you kind of recommend that people either come to your programs with or that they should kind of get to actually code on because at least in my experience you don't need to spend a lot of money to get like a laptop or or a desktop to actually get your your kids coding yeah absolutely i mean most of our programs uh we just recommend that students bring just a laptop we don't even have ask them to have any software preloaded on it okay. because um like all the software we've used so far has been free and we've just walked them through the installation process just so that's not something that makes them you know intimidated uh at all and so like you know especially at the middle school level you know with html and css you know notepad which is available on most laptops that comes preloaded yeah. um is, is something that they can very easily get started on. And so things like that, we always uh, tell them to just bring a laptop. But in a lot of our programs, we've been able to provide laptops as well um, because of, like, with help from a lot of our sponsors. Sure. So in our uh, program um, at Microsoft, which was the eight weeks along um, App Inventor Camp, um, that at Microsoft actually where we held the program, they uh, sponsored us and they gave us services nice. that all the students could use throughout the duration of the program, which was really, really great of them. Um, but, you know, e even going home, a lot of our students have laptops or desktops that they're able to use, which is great now, uh, just because of how um, common of an item it's sort of become. And uh, just, you know, just, just with that, there's so much you can do. So um, I think only if you get into a higher level of programming, like with something like virtual reality and stuff, uh, there's more supplies that you sort of need, like hardware that you need to really program, sure. you know, virtual reality apps and stuff like that. But with basic things, you know, like making Android apps or uh, building websites, you know, a laptop's pretty much all you need to get going. Yeah, and and you don't realistically, just to kind of reemphasize your point, like majority of the software that you need, if not all the software, is free. So you, right, don't, even, exactly. you don't need a crazy expensive computer and you don't really even need to spend any money on software the only thing you really need to invest is some time and trial and error really yeah absolutely i mean it's just so great how many resources are available for free online now uh just even with even with the girls that you know take our camps uh it's really great because with a couple of weeks with a few weeks we're able to give them a solid you know foundation and introduction into it but then you know after our camps we always send a you know uh, solid recap email after and in that you know I always put courses that they can take online to continue learning more advanced features and continue building whatever they created in our camps so we really try to emphasize the continuity aspect of it sure so t walk us through kind of the types of people that actually teach the program are they people that work in the industry are they volunteers well they're probably volunteers but what types of people do you usually have that actually teach these programs or ca these kids? So a lot of, yeah, a lot of our primary uh, teachers have been uh, like people like me, uh, you know, high schoolers, that, okay. high school women that have had a pretty early start into tech, uh, either due to their parents being in tech or just, you know, getting opportunities at like a middle school age and you know with with a lot of the camps on the east coast uh, my co-founder and i have sort of partnered to create the curriculum and uh teach it ourselves and we've always had um you know guest speakers and uh guest volunteers that have been uh women in the industry 
which has been really great because uh, this way the girls are, are taught by sort of almost peers uh, because, you know, there's not a big age gap between middle school girls and, you know, high school girls. Sure. And so that really adds like a really friendly aspect of it where they feel like they're among friends uh, and it's friends that are teaching them. But then they get to see these guest speakers that are women in industry talk about their experiences and how they got there, which is really inspirational to them at the same time. No, I, I yeah, that's really cool, actually. So how much did these camps kind of cost on average? Uh, so it depends on the location, absolutely, because it depends on, like, the level of sponsorship we can get. So for Advent Avenger Workshop, it was uh, a very low-cost program. Um, we had about uh, we had about $2,000 in sponsorship um, oh, wow. for from NCWIT. And we used that just for, uh, you know, the venue aspect of it. And Microsoft provided those services at uh, no cost at all to us, which was really great. And so uh, we used that to also buy prizes for the girls um, at the end of the program so that they would have a lot of motivation going into it as well. So it depends on the program type, uh, you know, and the duration of the workshop workshops and you know in philly we uh partnered with workshop mercantile and we raised uh quite a bit of money uh just to have rent out the venue uh so usually if we have to pay for the venue that's usually our biggest cost because the curriculum we create ourselves so that's completely free and you know venue and buying prizes for the girls to make sure that the camp is just a really great overall experience uh those are our usually our, uh the biggest costs no i yeah i, I think that's great so do you have any kind of up and coming kind of camps or workshops? You, you mentioned the Codathon, but do you maybe want to mention a few up and coming things that you guys are doing maybe between now and, uh, you know, kind of into spring, early, early summer? Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, actually, you know, the hackathon has definitely been, you know, one of the biggest focuses just because of how large scale of an event it is. Um, and definitely one of the things we're thinking about doing is it's been a while since we've done another event in the Bay area. So we're definitely considering getting back, um, into there and, uh, we're planning, we're thinking along the lines of doing a one day workshop, um, in Delaware actually, uh, because one of the girls who came to our Philly camp, uh, or the Contra Hawking camp, she uh, she lives in Delaware, and she her mom is helping me uh, start, like, a one-day workshop sort of thing there uh, just to give the girls, like, an introduction to STEM and, you know, see uh, talk to them about being interested in STEM and, like, career opportunities available uh, because we haven't done anything in that area as well. And her mom was telling me how, um, similar to Contra Hawking, the girls in that area don't get a lot of exposure to tech or really uh, know what tech is as a field so we're thinking about doing things like that but um all that information is going to be updated on our website so all our new events will definitely go there so if there are any if there's anyone listening that's in one of these areas and wants to you know uh and en enroll their child in uh one of our camps our website is the best resource for all of that sure no i i think that's really great so how did you get in contact with the uh, you know saki and angela from uh, reigning in yeah, so uh, that, again, was part of NCWIT. Uh, right now, Angela works for NCWIT, uh, but before she was a uh, school counselor. And um, I, I'm not exactly sure. I think she created the Raining It Facebook group and then invited a lot of the girls that were on the NCWIT group gotcha. uh, to the Facebook group. 
And so she also, um, I think I also got in touch with her uh, personally after I was named a She++ uh, Pound Include Fellow. So She++ is a uh, Stanford Women in Tech organization, and they do a Pound Include Fellowship um, annually, which basically invites about 30 to 35 high schoolers in the country and they get flown out to Stanford and present their nonprofit work at Stanford and also get to network with a bunch of people into the tech industry. So that was an amazing experience. And being one of those fellows put me uh, in contact with uh, Saki and Angela. And uh, that's how I was featured on Braining It uh, shortly after that. Um, And then after that, um, it's sort of been a great experience. You know, Angela's been really great uh, connecting me with different opportunities and giving me a chance to speak about sort of my experiences at the tapestry workshop for uh, school counselors at the University of Virginia last year and also at the American School Counselors Association workshop uh, in uh, Colorado. And, you know, just sharing my experiences and talking about how uh, we can bring more diversity and inclusivity to classrooms, especially in a, you know, in an air, in a uh, tech-centric time uh, was really great because I'm really hoping that, you know, with this, the impact that I can make is just so much more. Sure. And I think, too, do you have any, like, schools reaching out to you to say, how can we bring this stuff to their school? Because it's got to be something that they're all kind of thinking about, or at least a lot of them are thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, the interesting thing with that is uh, a lot of it comes from the parent level with parents seeing our workshops and camps and then reaching out and being like, how can I bring this uh, to my school's attention? And, you know, how can I help get something like this implemented in the school? And, you know, um, I've been able to sort of help out with CS for All, which is, you know, the nationwide... um, initiative to bring CS curriculum into schools. I helped them out with their social media um, a little earlier this year. And um, so, you know, with that, with that sort of initiative, really working to bring tech into schools, I think uh, that's pretty much what I, I can really do to help and really bring that about. Because, you know, it starts at, at a parent level, the parents showing interest in this, and then schools getting on board. And I think, um, especially in these times, we're seeing that shift happen a lot, where Schools are starting to really realize uh, that the future is in tech and that how and, you know, having computer science classes in middle at the middle school and elementary school level is, is something that's just really crucial. And that's going to put um, students in this country ahead. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Uh, I, I think that's actually no, that's really cool that you're involved in in all this stuff. But we're kind of coming to the end of the show. So I, I really want to close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself, girls make apps, and anything else you want to mention? Yeah, sure. Um, so um, my Facebook page is the uh, easiest way to reach me, and um, I'll just put my email, I guess, along with this interview. Sure. Um, and I could just send that to you after, and uh, maybe you could just put that uh, when you're publishing it. Yeah. And so, so that's the easiest way to reach me. And also, I'm obviously available through all of Girls Make Apps. Uh, you know, our website is girlsmakeapps.org, and our Facebook page. Uh, those are the fastest and easiest way to reach us. And you know, any any comments or questions about Girls Make Apps, we're definitely happy to take. And anything we can do to help more girls around this world, um, around the country the world you know just get into coding and you know anything we can do to give them their start is something we'd be happy to do well i i really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show and i look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your day yeah thank you so much i really appreciate it
Yeah, thank you. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.